Okay, good day, everyone. This is Jeff Peoples from the Mission Zero podcast. Uh, today we have a a special edition and a special guest. Uh, today we have Joy Taylor. Joy is the principal at Grant Thornton and the national managing partner. Uh, I think she lives in Chicago. Is that correct, Joy? No, or, I, no, actually Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Right okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, just wasn't wasn't sure. I knew somewhere up there outside of the South. You know, if it's north of the Mason Dixon line, I don't know anything about it. But uh, but uh, Joy has blessed us with our time here today. Uh, Joy, you're you're coming on here because uh, it's International Women's Month, and uh, the Mission Zero podcast is about a lot of things, and, and governance is one of those things. And, gov- and part of governance is the promotion of uh, traditionally not recognized or traditionally not recruited or, or, or a myriad of different things in the business world. And, and, and female leaders is certainly something that's absolutely rising. Uh, but, you know, we've had a, you know, business world's had a history of being a male-centric thing. And, and we like to, uh, uh, you know, I guess form a spotlight on that. And you are certainly a leader that we wanted to look at and, and, uh, and, and talk about. So the very start here, if you don't mind, uh, can you give us a history of yourself? And this can be as, you know, as deep as you want it to go, as personal as you want it to go, but just to get to know you and what brought you to where you are now. All right. So you will be pleased to know that I am also from the South. <laughs> uh, just a data point of interest. Oh, so, I, I saw that and I've got a bone to pick with you about that. So you go right ahead. That, that's all right. So I was actually born in a ridiculously small town in Missouri. Uh, population 21, to be very specific. I am from a little town called Cottonwood Point, Missouri. And I was born there because my father and my grandfather ran a ferry service. They took a, uh, took a ferry, took automobiles and passengers across the Mississippi River, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And uh, we lived in the middle of nowhere. So I was all but homeschooled for the very beginnings of my life. And my dad decided to go to medical school. And when he did that, He left me in the care of my grandparents for a little while. My mom and dad left us and I learned to work on the ferry. And the reality was I'd wake up every morning about four o'clock in the morning. I'd go to the ferry with my grandfather. We'd work for a while. I'd either get driven or take a horse back to the house. I'd go to school or class with my grandmother. Then I'd go back to the ferry and I would then work until, until dinner time. My dad then finished medical school and he relocated our family, which is my mother, my father, my brother, and myself to Clearwater, Florida. So I grew up on the beaches of Florida. I am not complaining in any way, shape or form about that. And I was very fortunate to attend the University of Florida in Gainesville for my undergraduate degree, which is in public speaking and speech writing. I then ended up going to graduate school for which I have an MBA, a master's in marketing and a master's in statistics. And that turned out to be a really unique and fine combination for the business world of the future. I ended up uh, right out of graduate school having an incredible opportunity to work with the New York Yankees in their marketing and public relations division. Right when they were building their spring training facility, and it happened to be the year that Derek Jeter was coming to the majors. So it was quite a busy time within the New York Yankees. And I learned from the Steinbrenner organization the value of branding and the importance of utilizing the English language in both written and oral communication. That was something that was very important to Mr. Steinbrenner and to the organization as a whole. I then left and I started my first entrepreneurial journey. I was a part owner in a ferry service of all things. (laughs) And uh, I know there's no, there's no straight path in my life, by the way. But um, I, I owned a ferry service with two other gentlemen and we took 664 passengers a day from Southwest Florida to Key West, actually. Okay. It's called Key West Excursions. 
And we ended up uh, selling that business off about three years later. And then I ran into a really interesting identity crisis, which is I didn't really have a job. And the irony is I then went back to Mr. Steinbrenner and I said, listen, I need some help. I need um, some contacts. I need some, some mentors. And he's like, listen, let me introduce you to a friend of mine. I'm like, that's fine. Who might that friend be? Well, that turned out to be Mr. Jack, uh, Jack Welch at General Electric, <laughs> of all things. Like, I have a friend. That, it, that's quite a friend, exactly. <laughs> and the reality was I found myself being very welcomed into the General Electric family. And I was made part of their Six Sigma program, which is their project management methodology, which is this fine combination of people skills and mathematics and statistical skills. So uniquely qualified for a person like me. And I absolutely loved my time at GE, truly loved my time. I became a master black belt, a quality leader, and working on merger acquisition and divestiture opportunities as a culture and change specialist. So I really loved my time at GE. And then Jack decided to retire. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to work for anyone else. And so I retired from GE as well. And I found myself introduced to PricewaterhouseCoopers. Mm. And I fell in love with consulting and I knew that I would never do anything else. And I worked at PwC for a little while until it got sold to IBM. I ended up getting married and having two children back to back. And truthfully, one of those children uh, was born with severe special needs. And when we found out the severity of that condition, I quit my job and I quit my job with no plan. I'm not suggesting that for many people, but I knew. I do. <laughs> I do. If it's, if, it's, if it's what you need to do, it's what you need to do. And that's the point. And that was just it. Because the reality was, I really didn't care if I was poor. I knew that I had a brain. I knew that I had the capability. And I absolutely knew I had the willingness to do just about anything to make sure that my family had what it needed. And so with that being said, I ended up sending out some emails to a handful of friends that said, listen, I'm available. I'll do some independent consulting work. I have no idea what that really means, but, but I'm here right now. Little did I know that by sending out those handful of emails that one day I would have within the first three months, actually, I'd have two employees. And within a year, I had 15 employees. And then 13 years later, I would have 100 employees. And I built my own consulting firm, which I then sold to Grant Thornton three and a half years ago. Okay. And so I, that's how, I, that's how I, be, I became part of the family of Grant Thornton, for which I am a partner principal today. And I oversee a solution family known as the organizational and operational transformation family. Uh, that's a, that's a, lot of, a lot of words. It's a lot of people. And we do a lot of amazing things to help large organizations transform their way of doing business. <laughs> And I love my time at Grant Thornton. I'm very proud of the organization with which I work. And again, I'm in the world of consulting for which I love. And it makes it helps to create the best version of myself. So awesome. That's my background. So that is, you know, I, I keep telling people, you, you know, as we get older, I said, you know, people, they when I was younger, I focused on intelligence, right? I thought that I'm a smart guy, I, you know, it's, it's all that matters. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. Life experience does matter too, you know? And so the older I get, the more I realize I tell people there is no direct line 
there, there's no straight path to success. It, it can it can go wild, just like you know the evolution of humanity. There is no straight line, and so I look at your your, your background. There was no straight line. Life happened, and you made the adjustments, and and uh, and that's great. And so uh, there's a lot to impact here, uh, and, and I want to dig a little deep on some of these. Number one, I grew up 20 minutes from the University of Georgia, so uh, it was really hard for me not to push stop and just x out the computer. I'm just, I'm just kidding. So, and um, you should know, my father went to Georgia Tech. And the only university in the entire world, my father said I could not apply to when going to college or graduate school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Sorry. funny. It's funny. So I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, uh, believe it or not, it was more like 30, 35 minutes from the University of Georgia, just on the South Carolina border is where I was, you know, born and raised and very rural as well. Um, you know, your hometown, I, I saw the, the name of it, uh, uh, what was it again? The co- Cotton Wood Point. Yeah, Cotton yeah. Point was. So my hometown was Dewey Rose, Georgia. So uh, yeah, this, that's about as small as it gets. But uh, I, my father and I were Georgia Tech fans. Uh, oh. Even despite living that close to Athens, we were Georgia Tech fans. My brother's always been a bulldog, and and uh, <clears throat> so it was always a little bit of a clash there. But I, I started pulling for the Bulldogs a few years ago. Uh, one of my mates I grew up with, his son was a, was a star on the team and, and is a star for the Kansas City Chiefs, Miko Hardman now. So so while he was there, I was pulling for him. But the rivalry between Georgia and Florida is something to behold. I've been to the landing a few times. I've, I've oh been my. to that game a few times. It is something fun to see. Well, you have to realize that when universities don't let you play at their own fields in order to play each other, yeah. something must have really gone awry at some yeah, point. Yeah, like, it must have been really bad. But uh, all right, so uh, the New York Yankees, um, you know, that is uh, an amazing thing on a, you know several levels. You know, it's, uh, you know, you're in the sports world and, uh, you know, this was probably, what, what I'm thinking, 15 years ago or maybe oh, 20 you're, you're years so ago. Sweet. <laughs> Many more than that. I okay. am. I am well, fifty-four I'm, years of age. Okay, so. as I was gonna say, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you to date yourself, well, but okay. you did. I don't mind. You did with Derek Jeter's first year, so you kind of. He's already in the Hall of Fame, so I think, or I'm maybe about to be. But yeah. uh, uh, what was it like? Uh, I'm sure that's a pretty intense thing working with uh, the Yankees. Uh, you know, George Steinbrenner. You know, was a uh, a very serious and I wouldn't say shrewd businessman or had the reputation of it, but he, I mean, he was a very good businessman, uh, you know, in, in the world of baseball and, and probably the best known owner outside of Jerry Jones in sports history. Uh, what was it like working in a sports world, especially at that time? You know, we're here celebrating International Women's Month and, and that must have been especially difficult in, 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 a, in a male-dominated you know, workplace like that. It is, but I'm going to dive right in on the topic, if you don't mind. So um, Mr. Steinbrenner made a statement to me when he and I first met, and um, I've never forgotten it. And quite frankly, I I quote it a lot. And I hope you're ready for it. I'm ready. He always reminded me, never let your boobs enter the room before your brains. And the reality of that sentence is really, really strong for women. And in particular, today, because the reality is, you know, there is no gender gap between being smart. The reality is you have every opportunity to be the smartest person in the room. If you if you choose to invest the time to understand the circumstance or the situation and be smart enough to listen when you don't. 
and when I am mentoring um, younger women that are looking to grow within even my firm within Grant Thornton or, or anywhere, whether it's internal, external to where I am right now, I do emphasize that. The reality is people are judging you all the time about what you say, how you say it, when you choose to say it. And you need to remember that. Mm-hmm. It is important to never let the features of your gender drive what people believe about your brain. Okay, and so that's what you. I was like when he when you first said it, I was like, okay, what does he mean by that? And I, I guess my initial reaction was, did he mean don't let your looks be a nope. plus that's or a minus? I guess you know, I, you know, because uh, that's he was going. He was all about brain. He was all about thinking. Well, you know, that's good to hear because you know you always you have this reputation of the older businessman, you know, he's set in his ways. He doesn't believe in, you know, women or maybe sometimes minorities and stuff. And it's great to hear a guy who was, who was well seasoned at that point. I guess he was at least 60, 70 years old. Yeah. He was. And, 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 and interestingly enough, I never, I don't think I ever thought of him as ever leading with gender or race. Nice. As, as, as he, best, he just wanted the best of the best. Always. Okay. And his standards were incredibly high. And his expectations were even higher. So I guess Seinfeld, when he wasn't accurate. Oh, no, there's some really accurate things in Seinfeld. Oh, really? <laughs> my, my, uh, my, some of my best friends, they really, they're all into Seinfeld. My best friend, oh, one of my best friend's Brian. Is, he's like, a, he can re- quote the whole thing. So I'll, he'll be like, he'll be glad to hear that. Oh, yeah. So um, from there, and I, forgive me, I was, uh, oh, actually, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, your degrees. Uh, you said you had a, what, what are you, I know you got a uh, bachelor's at the University of Florida, which is one of the best public institutions in America. Yes, and uh, what, what, what you said you had a few advanced degrees. I heard you say MBA, uh, statistics and what else? Marketing. Okay. What made you, that's a lot of school. What made you, uh, what was the point behind that? What were you, what were you thinking uh, You're so funny. Yeah, you and my dad have the same question. So when I when I went to graduate with my MBA, the the guidance counselor, as you're kind of signing up for your you know your cap and gown, they said you realize if you'll just take five more classes, like two more statistics and three more marketing, you could have another set of degrees. And I'm like, boom, I can make that happen in a semester all day long. So that's kind of what I did. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah, it was something nothing like, more glamorous than that. I'm sorry to say. Well, statistics is a wonderful thing, and uh, so that's you know that's that's good to know. Uh, very also interested in. Uh, I, I would like to learn. You, you mentioned Six Sigma. Can yes. you just really quickly explain what that is, and, and why do you think it's? You, you mentioned that you thought it was very important and that it was a very valuable to you. Could you mention what that is, and, and to the audience, and, and tell us why it's valuable? Sure. Uh, Joy Taylor's opinion, my operational definition is Six Sigma Lean Sigma is a project management methodology that forces the user and its participants to think logically about a problem, why it exists, why we care that it exists, why we care that it should be corrected, and using data, hard, proven data to determine why it's happening understand the process that's taking place so that you can improve the process by way of data, not feelings. Okay. Okay. That, that may, so it's very practical, you know, it's very, a, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, very cool. And so from there, um, you, uh, uh, this, is this when you, is this the point you took a time off uh, for your child or after the Yankees? I, I actually, 
Uh, no, I went to uh, I went to the GE, and then okay. I went to PricewaterhouseCoopers. I had my children when we when I was at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Okay, all right. So let's let's go to uh, GM. So Jack Welch, I mean that is that is absolutely amazing. You're talking about two guys in the Hall of Fame in, in, of business, right? And so Jack absolutely. Welch is, I mean, he's got to be top five or so businessmen in history of America. So what was he like as a leader? What did you learn from him? Oh, you learned a lot from Jack. <laughs> Jack was continuously, continuously looking for the next thing. Mm-hmm. He pushed his leaders to actually lead. And I think that's the difference. He, he was not the kind of man that said, hey, let me tell you what to do. He groomed leaders to drive business. Okay. He absolutely led his businesses using metrics of performance. And there were always, you know, there's always lines in the sand and you either made those targets or you don't make those targets. Mm-hmm. He was really clear about that, but he was very, he, he was dedicated to the building of leaders, being capable to make decisions. He was very fact-based driven, hence why the Six Sigma program kind of dominated his world of GE. And the notion being that you needed to provide leaders the experience so that they could have conversations about their business, not just stick a finance person in finance, but allow a finance person to exist in marketing, in commercial, in legal. So they had the full lens of the business in order to help drive the future of the organization. And he was really strongly into partnerships. The notion being that you are not any good as a single individual, but you are best when collaborating. So um, I think that's some of the some of the stronger lessons that I learned um, from Jack. Yeah. He um, he was also incredibly demanding, and he oh. created a, a, the nice balance of fear and excitement. And what I mean by that is, you wanted to work for him, you wanted to do great work for him, and quite frankly, all of his leaders. There that's were motivation. some amazing CEOs that worked throughout the entire GE family, for which each of them have earned their own right to be extraordinary business leaders. Leaders, business leaders, that is the key. My mentor was the same way. Uh, you know, I wanted, I, I wanted to less, you know, disappoint him less than I did my own parents. Like I, exactly. I've got to succeed for you and, and I've got to, I've got to make you proud. So, uh, you know, God bless you for the luck you've had and, and not luck. I mean, you got there because you were there, but just to have two amazing leaders like that. And, you know, I, my first experience really with him hearing him talk was when he was uh, on the history channel, men who built America. Yes. You know, he's interviewed exactly. there and I was like, man, this guy, you know, he, he, you're right. Even in his little talk there, you're just like sitting up and you, yep. you're, you're giving you a little bit of bolt of energy. Right. And so it, it's, it's cool to have those. And what's really, what's, what's the dynamic thing about it is, you know, as you're learning from leaders like that, uh, you know, sooner or later, leaders, young leaders or people are going to learn the same thing from you, you know, and, and, you know, my friend who introduced, who worked for you, that introduced me to you talks about you the same way you talk about George Steinbrenner and Jack Welch. And I know you don't think of that. You're thinking no way, but yes, 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 yes. So that's the way, you know, and, and, and then sooner or later, she's going to rise through the ranks and be the same thing. So it's like, you know, it's like good parenting. Good leadership is begot good leadership, right? It just keeps going and people learn from, and, and, and they're in the right path instead of going down uh, paths of people who are toxic and, and you know, 
treat you poorly and, and, and send you on the wrong mental path of how to grow your life. Now, something you did, did you start Price Waterhouse Cooper before children or was that, so I'm sorry, no. you were, it was, I was vigorously writing notes, but I didn't quite That's get okay. everything. But so, no so you no. left, uh, you left when Jack left and then you started consulting and you found out that you just loved consulting. Love consulting. I absolutely did. Yes. So I, after I'd left GE, that's when I went to PricewaterhouseCoopers, fell okay. in love with consulting, then met my husband, had kids, and then the rest is the rest is history, if you will. But yeah. uh, Two questions there. What is it about consulting that you like? What is what is exciting about that to you? Oh, my gosh. Now, I mean, really, I it is truly, I, I love, I, 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 it's such a simple sentence. I love consulting. Yeah. I love consulting because I am, I like to serve. I really do. I I truly love to serve and I love to work with my clients who are facing challenges and let them realize that they are not alone in the journey. There is likely someone else who has gone before them in the journey and we're going to learn from their lessons so that your version of that challenge is just a little bit easier. And I also love that I get to work on a variety of different problems every day. Nice. I mean, I guess I'm a problem solver. I enjoy mm-hmm. the challenge of the problem and I enjoy the journey that it takes to get from, I have a situation that I don't like to a place where I want to be. And I genuinely want to be part of that story. I'm a big storyteller. I, I pride myself on being a pretty good storyteller. And the notion is for me, it is all about that journey so that we can then tell the story to people, to the next generation. And Obviously, we use some of those lessons learned for the next challenge as well. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, I, I, have, yeah. I had some friends, you know, in, that are in the consulting world, and um, he worked for uh, that company in Colorado. Uh, I think he went on his own for a little while. I think he may be back there in a, in a, in a management position. Uh, yeah. You know, I, what, the only thing I knew, it was, it was the the gold standard, right? Everybody, that's where, you know, the people that were trying to get into that field, that's where they were going. The only thing I know about consulting and I was looking up while we we're talking was, uh, I watched a few, uh, I used to watch a show called the house of lies. Have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. I have let me tell you, <laughs> all about consulting. And let me tell you, some of that's really true. I'm oh, sorry. Really? That's, that was sorry my question. Is that really yeah. how it works? Okay. Not always, not all of it. A lot of it was exaggerated. Don't get me wrong, but there are some bits of it. Every bit of lie comes a little bit of truth. Don't forget that. Well, I watched it because, uh, yeah, I'm John Cheadle is a favorite, uh, favorite of mine. And that's the only reason I caught on to it. I wasn't trying to find out about the consulting world, but he's a, my, yeah. one of my favorite actors. So it was cool to see that, but, yeah. but that's awesome. So, uh, on a, back, you know, I guess moving a little towards the personal, uh, yeah. you, you quit from there, even though you loved it because yes. you, you had uh, children, you got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, uh, now well, let me ask you this. It's where this is more of a personal interview. Uh, you're a driven person. Uh, is your husband the same as you or is he a little bit more of a relaxed person to counter you or not counter, but balance, I guess, with you as a relationship? All right. So we're going to go on another little journey, a little story here. Okay. So uh, my husband has two children from a previous marriage and mm-hmm. I met them very young. So I consider them to be my children as well. So we have four children in total. Okay. And uh, we are also foster parents. My husband and I, in the last seven years, have had 19 children in our home. And we believe very strongly in sibling placements. There are many foster programs that cannot accommodate that. But my husband and I feel very strongly that you should never split children up. 
So it is not uncommon. We've had two placements of four siblings over the course of these seven years. Mm. But um, so to describe my husband makes me very happy. He, he lets me be me and he gets me. And that is a gift that I think many people probably strive to achieve. But um, my husband is actually a former professional football player. Oh. And then, yes, exactly. And then he left football and he sold beer for almost 25, 28 years. Good and when our daughter, yeah, in hard work, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my daughter, the one with special needs, uh, got to about the age of seven, she quite frankly became a little too difficult to manage. Um, and so he decided to retire and he became a stay at home dad. Awesome. And the reality is, he is a significantly greater stay-at-home parent than I could probably be. But because of that, we offer a really nice balance and he and I make a great team. I mean, without over, over gushing, the truth of the matter is, well, gush. I shouldn't be happier. My husband is the most amazing human being on the planet who lets me be everything I need to be without judgment. And for that, I have been granted a gift of a lifetime. Oh, great. That is uh, really that's fantastic to hear. And, you know, and, and great on him too, because, you know, you, 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 you impact there, you kind of touched on a few things in life uh, that uh, I guess were cliche, not cliches, but ste- you know, stereotypes, stereotypes sure. of thinking is like, number one, <clears throat> that men can't be men uh, you know, with a woman who is strong, right? And you can still be the man in the relationship. You can still have somewhat traditional roles. It's you know, I've I've it, my, my, I'm not married, but I wouldn't care if my I would good for her if she makes more money than me. Good. It doesn't mean anything, you know. What if you're a teacher? I mean, that's important as is any job in America, but it just doesn't pay well. I mean, it's just it's a it's a public servant job, and you know that's that that's awesome because you know. You're right. You have to, you have to be able to let go of some of the things that men were taught early, and that's that you have to make more money. You have to do this and 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 be a real man, and and because it doesn't take away from it at all. And I love to hear that. And and you know, it's not it, what you do with children. I mean, nineteen foster children. That I didn't know that before this conversation. I didn't have any hint of that before this conversation. So you know, I respected you before. You, when I learned, when I knew your uh, career, I lost respect for you when I found out you were a gator, but I gained it much. I gained it back much, you know, your foster children, because yeah. I, I too am a believer in uh, giving to this world, uh, yes. giving back to this world, because, you know, you and I both are fortunate people. We've, we've yes. been able to, to do the things we want to do, you know, outside of this, you know, podcasting world, you know, I'm able to produce products that I want to produce. And it's really, really great to be able to do the things you love, but giving back is the true mark of your place in this world and in your, in your, in how you leave the world. I work, uh, you know, I've been blessed to work with an organization called Trickers Toys that works with children. It's one of my best friends uh, started it years ago. And I've also uh, just began uh, work with a, 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 uh, an organization called uh, Red M Redeemed Movement. It's an organization that uh, works with uh, uh, sexual slavery and rescuing women from sexual slavery, which has become something over the years um, important yeah. to me. It's something, a, a, a need that's there that's bigger than people think it is and it's, uh, a little underappreciated. So I, I, I can't imagine the work you've put in to do this and for that. God bless you for that. And I, and I think that's wonderful. Um, and how old are your children now? All four of them. 
All four. So we have Amanda, who's 30. We have Anthony, who's 28. We have Taylor, who is 18. And Egan, she is 17. Okay. And have any of them followed you into the business or the type of business work you do? (laughs) Not yet. I have one that's a special education teacher, one that is a supply chain management uh, expert. And then my 18-year-old is going to college next year. And my 17-year-old, we don't know what's going to happen quite yet with that one. But um, So, yes, they did follow you. Special needs. That child followed you. That followed That's your lead, true. and also the you, you remember your statistics. Well, That's true. So I'm that child judging. was 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 absolutely influenced by you too. Uh, you know, a couple of before we go. Uh, you know, like I said, the, as I mentioned when I when I asked you to do this, this was this was about shining a spotlight on women who have achieved, and I I am very careful uh, in, in this line of. You know, th- you know, appreciating International Women's Day and things like that. To be careful not to cross a line into patting you on the head and infantilizing and pretend, you know, and somehow pretending that, you know, that you know you need help. No, you don't. You what you just need, you know, it just needs to be clearer known in the public because, you know, when you said something about uh, very early on with the gender gap and things like that, there's there is a gender gap for young mm-hmm. men and women, and it's women who are more educated. Now, women are more uh, students in college. They are getting degrees at a higher level. And if you're under 30, you're making more money than men. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the work is being done, right? And so uh, I love it. Uh, a couple of questions, though, since this is the theme of this podcast. Uh, what advice would you give to women uh, that are in the, in the business world now? And some of them are still joining organizations that are male-dominated, what are some key advice or key advices that you would give those young women in entering this world? My first one is going to be seek the experience. Don't make any assumptions about what the job is or is not going to be. Seek the experience you can have with anybody in your organization. And then the second thing is do great work. Whatever the work is, I don't care if that is coloring If someone asks you to color something, you color it like it was a a piece of Picasso. And the reality is because when you do great work, you will then get more experiences. And when you get experiences, you have a story to tell. And when you have a story to tell, people want to hear it. Because I'm going to go back on something I said earlier. If you've done something before and someone has not and they need help, they're going to call you because you've been there before. And that is a gift that turns into a talent. And if that is what you have, then you are well on your way to a very leadership opportunity, regardless of where you are existing in the world. That's wonderful to hear you say, because I'm at the point now where I'm starting to to be that. Uh, people, I have young people asking me, you know, I was in the army for a long time. And I've, I, you know, when, when one of my friend's children, uh, that, that, you know, they have a child that may be interested in the military. They're, they're talking to me or I've traveled a lot. So they're talking to me and, and, in, and in business world and, you know, designing products. They're talking to me. I got to speak with 1800 children uh, through a, uh, a similar setup, an online setup about manufacturing and designing products. So uh, that is really and I could tell you enjoy it. And I love it. I mean, it's not an annoyance. I jump at the opportunity to help because Really, like I said earlier, that's really that's your mark on the world is you know not what you do for yourself, but 
how, how are you going to pass that on to other people? Right. And so, and you and I, it's, it's, uh, I noticed you don't really have your accent anymore. I'd never moved out of the South, so I never lost mine. So, so uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I had to work at that because I can turn it on. If you want me to turn it on, I can turn it on right now. But they, I, they don't know that about us, do they? Uh, I, 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 I used to, and I'm sure you had the same, you were a, a intelligent woman who was entering, you know, the business world. And I was an intelligent guy entering the business world. I tried to turn it off because I thought it was associated with ignorance. Right. And so, but, uh, but I, you know, I think we're running up here on time. I can't thank you enough for giving me your time today. Uh, I think I couldn't think of a more wonderful uh, woman to 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 spotlight today and to uh, you know let, let you tell your story and, and and how you got to where you're at. And boy, lots of surprises here. So uh, learned a lot, and it was you know I, I didn't think some of these things were coming, and I, I'm very happy to actually know you better now and actually know you at all now. So. Well, I, thank you for inviting me. It was quite a pleasure to have been asked, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, a delight to meet you. I'm sure. sorry that we haven't met sooner. Hopefully, we'll meet again. All right, and uh, again, Joy Taylor. She is the principal of Grant Thornton and the and a national managing partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, where can people learn about your company and more about you? Uh, Grant Thornton is the name of the organization. You can Google us, and we will show up at gt.com probably. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You're certainly welcome to find me, Joy Taylor. Well, well, Joy, well, Joy, uh, it was it was a blessing to hear you talk and to and to and to get to know your story and you. And thank you so much. And uh, I know you're about to go on a trip and uh, safe travels. And uh, I hope to learn, uh, hear more about your future successes. I hope so. We'll talk again soon. Uh, okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. All right. It's off. Okay. How was thank that? You. It was wonderful. Thank you so very, very, very much. Um, And uh, it'll be published next week.